Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning. Hey, we're so excited you're here as we are in our fourth and final week of our series entitled The Vow. So what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've really been uh, digging in to uh, some vows that maybe we should have made on our wedding day, but we didn't. So hopefully if you've been here the last few weeks, hopefully this has been a, a great encouragement. If you're married, hopefully it's been a great encouragement to your marriage. Maybe it's given you some resources and things to look at to, to help strengthen your marriage, to help make it better, to, to help you grow closer to your spouse. And then if you're single over the past weeks, hopefully this has been really serving as a resource of, of what to think through, of, of what to plan for, what to, what to pray about if, if you desire to get married one day. So again, we'll go a quick review of the vows. If you remember, we started off in week one and we talked about the vow of priority. And we stated this, we stated that we need to make this promise. I promise that God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. God will be my first priority, my spouse will be my second, and then even after that, the family and the kids and everything else comes after that. That's the vow of priority. Then we talked about the vow of pursuit, and we made this promise. We said, I promise to always pursue my spouse. I promise to always pursue my spouse by closing the gap between intention and actions. And then last week, if you remember, we talked about the vow of partnership, and we stated that that we need to make the promise of, of promising our marriage will be about we and not just me. And what I want to do today as we finalize this sermon, I want to talk about the vow of prayer. Because the truth is, we need to be praying for our spouse, right? And we need our spouse praying for us as well. See, there's things that that we need from our spouses. There's some actions that need to take place that we like that make us feel a little bit more loved. There's some things that we often hear that make us feel a little more loved, right? There's things that have to take place in our marriage that allow us to, to grow closer together. And there's things that we like as well. I mean, think about it. How many of you like want something done for you sometimes from your spouse, right? I don't know about you, but I'm just gonna say this. Like, food tastes better when I didn't make it, right? Food tastes better when I didn't make it. And when my wife, Sarah, makes me a meal, it always tastes way better than anything I could ever cook. Mostly because all I can cook is toast and eggs. But still, right, it tastes better, right? And there's something about fresh sheets, and then there's fr- something about fresh sheets that you didn't have to like clean or actually put on the bed. Listen, if I do this for my wife, if I clean the sheets and I, I make the bed, you would think I roped the moon, like I'm a hero to her, right? Because there's things that we need to do for our spouses. There's things that we need to do for each other. Again, like an iron shirt, there's nothing better than an iron shirt. There's nothing better than an iron shirt that you didn't have to burn yourself to have happen, right? I don't know if some of you guys, I'm terrible with an iron, but it just happens. And one of the things I hate is uh, I hate grocery shopping, but I like a full fridge. Like I like to go to my fridge and be like, yeah, there's food in there. I can get whatever I want right now. But what's crazy is they actually have to go to the grocery store to make this happen. So I love when my wife goes to the grocery store. I feel loved when that happens, right? And she feels loved when I empty the car for her or at least send the kids out to do it for her, right? <laughs> These are things that we do, right? These are things that, that, we, that we need to do for our spouses so that, that they feel loved, so that they feel appreciated. I mean, even uh, well, this past week, we went on a, a trip uh, to Dallas just for a few days. And uh, I hate planning trips. This stresses me out. Like, I about have like a, a panic attack when going all through the, the plans and everything else. I'm a planner too, which is weird. But it turns out when you have kids and you go away three days without the kids, you actually have to like make sure they're taken care of for three days, right? And it turns out there's a lot of moving parts when you put that in place. 
So this week, my wife did that. She had our kids taken care of for the three days that we were gone, and it was amazing to walk away and realizing that our kids are safe, and I didn't have to do anything about it, right? The list goes on and on and on of things that, that we desire our spouse to do. We desire those that we're in a relationship to, to do for us, right? And there's also some things that we love to hear. I mean, think about it. We love to hear certain words from our spouse. If we're single, we, we desire to hear certain words from, from our future spouse. Like, we want to hear the words, I love you, right? That's a phrase that we want to hear. It's a phrase that we need to hear, right? So another phrase is that we look good today, right? Women, you want to hear that you look beautiful, right? That's a, those are some phrases that you want to hear. Men, you want to know that you actually match today, right? That, that's what you want to know, right? You want to hear certain things. It's good to hear that the, the dinner is ready. We like to hear that. We like to hear, hey, the bills are paid. And you know what? There's still 50 cents left in the checking account. Come on, right? We like to hear that. We like to hear the simple words, good job. We like to hear the simple words, thank you. Because these words, these actions, what they do is they imply that our spouse cares, right? They imply that our spouse is, is paying attention to us. It shows that they're, they're trying in this relationship, right? And today what I'm going to do is I want to give you five words that lead to incredible action in our marriage that we need to be saying to our spouse. And here's the words. I am praying for you. Tell your spouse that you're praying for him. And don't just tell them, but actually be praying for them. Right? Say, I am praying for you. And then follow it up with action. See, in our marriages, we need to be praying for our spouses. If you're single right here now today, you, and you desire to be married someday, you need to be praying for your future spouse right now. Right? That should be a part of your prayer life. Start praying before you even meet them, right? Because we need to be praying for them. In our relationships, we need to be praying for those relationships. In our marriages, we need to be praying for those marriages. Because what it is, it's an act of placing God first. It's an act of pursuit. Right? It's an act of partnership. And it's essential to your marriage. It's essential to your future marriage. It's essential to the health of that relationship. Because the truth is, we pray about what we care about. Right? We pray about what we care about. I mean, think about it. What are some things you pray about? Just somebody shoot something out. What are some of the, what's some, one thing that you always pray about? Finances, kids, right? Grandkids, safety, parking spots. Look at that. Brownie points right there. Fame for your pastor. Nice, nice. Listen, we pray about the things we care about, right? We pray for our kids because we care about our kids. We pray for our finances because it really determines what we can do tomorrow. We pray about the things we care about. We pray about our families. We pray about our, our friends. Right? We pray our health for our health because we care about how we feel. And our marriages should be no different. We need to pray for our marriage because it should be something that we care about. If we're single, we need to pray for our future marriage because it should be something that we care about. It should be something that we pray about and we pray over and over and over. And that's my challenge today, is for us to take the vow of prayer. For some of you guys are thinking like, dude, this is a no-brainer. Like you're thinking like, dude, this is an easy one. I got this one. I've been praying for my spouse for years. I've been praying that they do everything I say. So I've been praying for them for years, right? Like you think you got this under control. But that's my question. What are you praying for? What do your prayers look like? And when you pray for them, do you pray that they just fall in line with you? Right? Do you pray that they just fall in line with, with your timing? Right, do you pray that they just fall in line with, with your desires, with your wishes, with your wants? Right, do you pray that they would change just so that everything would become easier for you? Do you just pray your will? Listen, as we take this vow of prayer today, I want to challenge us to pray a little different. 
I want to challenge us with a prayer that maybe we're not used to praying and a prayer that's really not that comfortable to pray. But it's a prayer that will make a difference. It'll make a difference in our lives and our relationships and our marriages. And here's the vow of prayer. I promise to pray for God's will in my marriage and not just mine. I promise to pray for God's will in our marriage and not just mine. Listen, if you're single, if you're married here today, pray for God's will in your marriage. If you're single here today, pray for God's will in your future marriage, right? And begin praying for it now. It starts now. Start the discipline of prayer for your spouse. Start the discipline of prayer for your marriage right now, right? And pray for God's will and not just your own. Because the truth is there's power. There's power when we pray his will. In fact, John says it this way in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Just an incredible resource to take with you wherever we go. That way you can read your Bible every single day. In this passage of Scripture, John is writing. He's writing to a group of believers that were really struggling with their faith in Jesus. They were really actually uncertain about their faith. They lacked in confidence. And I think if we're honest, I think a lot of us, this is where we find ourselves, right? We may have found ourselves in this place in our faith where, where we lacked in confidence of who God is, of what God's doing in our life. We probably, if we'd been married, chances are we've probably experienced this in our marriage as well, right? There's been times where maybe we, we were going through something tough in our marriage and we're wondering, like, where is God in all of this? But check out John's encouragement to them and really to us and how we approach God in our situations. 1 John 5.14 it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Listen, we can have confidence in approaching God. We can have confidence in our marriages. We can have confidence in our relationship with him. We can have confidence in our lives. We can know that he hears us if we pray as well. Right? This is some powerful stuff. Right? This can change your prayer life. This can change your spiritual life. This can change everything. But the truth is, I think what happens is too many times I think we glance past those words. Right? We glance past those words according to his will. And what we do is we pray our own will instead. We pray our own desires. We pray our own wants. And really, I think for many of us, if we're honest, it's tough to even line up our will to his. Right? It's a real struggle. It's, something, it's tough. It's a tension that we face each and every day in our life. In fact, if you look through the Bible, you see this. There's account after account after account of people in the Bible struggling to pray God's will, struggling to live out God's will, struggling to align their will to God. You see many people wrestling with God in this moment. In fact, you probably have done this before. I know this is something I struggle with as well. A lot of times I look at my prayers and I can see them and they look more like a Christmas list than anything. Right? More like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is what I think is best. I think the truth is there's times I missed out on God when I prayed those prayers because I prayed those prayers, because I prayed those wills. Truth is, I don't know what's best, right? You don't know what's best. We don't know what's best. And when we're only praying our will, what we're doing is we're limiting our prayers. When we're only praying our will, we're praying our best and not his best. When we're just praying our will, we're actually leaving a lot up to chance. And understand this, in your marriage, chance is not good enough, right? Chance is not good enough when it comes to your marriages. Chance is not good enough when it comes to your relationships. Chance is not good enough when it comes to your life. Because the problem with chances, especially in our marriages, chances are there's going to be difficult times, right? Chances are there's going to be disagreements. 
Chances are there's going to be some pain. There's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be some selfishness, right? Chances are all of that's going to happen. Chances are there's going to be some financial struggles. There's going to be some communication gaps. There's going to be some things that happen. And chances are we're going to miss out on what God wants for us. And here's what I want you to understand. God's plan for your marriage is far better than your plan for your marriage. God's will for your marriage is far better than your will. God wants your marriage to be better than even you want it to be. God wants your marriage to be better than even your spouse wants it to be. Listen, if you're single, God wants your marriage to be better than anything you could ever dream it could possibly be, right? God wants you to experience a marriage far better than anything you see in the movies, far better than any stories you read, far better than anybody that's around you that, that you look up to, far better than any fairy tale, far better, better than, than any romantic movie you've ever seen. He wants you to experience it in an incredible way because he wants what's best for you. He wants what's best for your marriage. He wants what's best for your future marriage. What he wants is he wants your marriage to be a representation of his love for you. Right? And his love for you is shown through his son, Jesus. The fact that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross to pay a penalty that he didn't deserve, to pay a penalty that we, we all deserve, and then was risen again to give us new life, was risen again so that we could be connected to him was risen again so that we could be called the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom and the church, us, we are his bride, right? That's the incredible love that God showed us through his son, Jesus. And it also wants us to experience in our everyday lives through his marriage, through, through our marriage, right? And we can have confidence in that if we pray his will. See, praying his will means that he, that, that he hears our prayers, but more importantly, that we hear his heart, that we hear his promises that we hear his truth, and that we're made aware of his power. Understand this. Prayer is far less about making God aware of your life and far more about making your life aware of him. So pray God's will in your marriage. Pray God's will so that your marriage will be aware of who he is and his power. Listen, the truth is God already knows everything about you. God already knows everything that's going on in your life. God knows everything that's going on in your marriage. Listen, you might have came here today, and maybe it was a struggle. Not only was it an hour before, and you lost an hour of sleep, but maybe your marriage is just hanging on by the ropes, and you're just, there's so much tension, and maybe the, the, the ride here was like any other ride, where we're fighting together just to get here. And then when you walk through the doors, you play, put that fake smile on, like, yeah, everything's okay. Guess what? God knows that. God knows the struggles that you're going through. God knows the financial struggles that you're going through. God knows the imperfections of you and he knows the imperfections of your spouse as well, right? God knows everything about your marriage. He knows the communication issues you have. He knows the tension that you're going through. He knows your lack of patience. He knows your spouse's lack of patience and he knows your breaking point. But the question is, are you aware of him? Are you aware of him? Are you aware of him in your marriage? Are you aware of the power that he has. Are you aware that he's greater than whatever financial struggle you're facing right now? Are you aware that he can overcome any imperfection that you're going through, that you're dealing with? Are you, over, are you aware that he can clarify any communication gap that's there? Are you aware that he's more powerful than any tension that may arise? Are you aware of him? Is your marriage aware of him? When we pray his will, when we pray his will over our own, the awareness comes to life. 
When we pray his will, we begin to recognize how powerful he truly is. We begin to recognize the work that he can do in our lives. We begin to be able to trust him completely with our marriage. And that's the vow I want you to take today. I want to challenge you to take the vow of prayer and say, I promise, I promise to pray for God's will in my marriage and not just my own. So before we leave today, I want to just give you some areas in which to pray his will. Some three areas in which you need to pray his will for your marriage or for your future marriage. And I want to give you some ways of, of how to pray his will as well. So number one is this. Number one, you need to pray for yourself. Pray for you. Truth is, it starts with you. There may be some things, there may be some issues in your marriage right now, in your relationship. There may be a reason why you're single right now, and it starts with you, right? Maybe your desire is to be married, but maybe for you, Mimi, you need to connect with God in an incredible way and start praying his will for your life because it starts with you. So pray for yourself. And understand this, don't just pray for your benefit, but pray for your growth. Pray for, pray for you to change where you need to change. And do this first. Do this first. Again, if you're single, take advantage of this time of being single to pray for yourself. If you're married, fix yourself before you try to fix your spouse. You might find out that you were the, you were the cause of the problem in the first place, right? Align yourself to his will before anything else and do it through prayer. So let me just give you some, some practical ways of how to align yourself with his will. And really what we do to pray God's will, we need to pray his word, right? We need to pray his scripture because his word is his will. Right? He's given us, this is why we push the Bible app each and every Sunday, because what it is inside that is his will, right? Inside that is his word and his word is his will. And we can pray that over ourselves, knowing that we can have confidence when we pray these things. So let me just give you an example of something to pray over yourself. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, and it says this, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. I said, all of you, in each situation, but especially in our marriages. We need to be like-minded. We need to be sympathetic. We need to love one another, and we need to be compassionate and humble. So I want to challenge you to pray for that. Pray to be like-minded with your spouse. Pray for unity with your, in your marriage. And unity starts with prayer. So pray about it. Right? Pray about it in your marriage. Listen, if you're single right now, pray about it in your future marriage. And let it begin with you. Let that like-mindedness begin. Pray that you'll be on the same page. Pray that you'll be on the same page mentally. Pray that you'll be on the same page physically. Pray that you'll be on the same page emotionally. Pray that you'll be on the same page spiritually as well. Right? Pray that you'll be like-minded. Pray that you'll be sympathetic. So part of being sympathetic is being a good listener. And if we're honest, that's something we need to pray about. You're like, what'd you say? Right. Just pray about it, right? Pray to be a good listener. Pray to be... Pray to be sympathetic. If it's something you struggle about, pray about it. Ask God to help me in this area. Ask God to help you be more sympathetic. Then pray about being loving. We're called to love one another, especially in our marriages. And again, men, this starts with us. This would be our number one prayer for ourselves. Over this series, we've talked about Ephesians 5, where it says multiple times, it says to love, to love one another, to love our wives, to love our wives like Christ loves us. To put that into action means that we need to be praying about it. So pray to become more loving. Pray that you don't withhold your love, but pray that you give it freely as Christ gave to us. And then pray about being compassionate. Listen, this is, I'll be honest, this is one where I need to pray about a lot. Now, I'm a pastor, but like my spiritual gift is not pastoring. In fact, that's one of my lowest spiritual gifts, right? It's a great role. It's a great role. So 
But, I, <laughs> but really, for me, I need to pray about being compassionate. I mean, this week, we went, on, we went on a trip to Dallas, right? So we're getting there. And for me, like, I like everything to be a certain way. And I, I like to be on time, especially when we're going for a flight. So I have certain things in my head that I'm pretty rigid on. And we have what's called really the, uh, the Huffman spaz out before every trip because of the way I'm triggered, because of the way I'm wired in this. So we're getting in there, and I said, we're leaving at 6.15, no later. We can leave earlier, but no later. So I told my wife this, we're all ready, and I'm thinking, like, I'm in the car at 6.15 waiting, and she's not there yet. So she gets in the car at, like, 6.18, and then guess what? I completely lose it. I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, what is going on? I told you 6.15, right? There was no compassion in that. What's crazy, though, is... I always plan ahead anyways, so we got there with at least 30 minutes to spare, right? It was easy. So the truth is, she didn't need to change. I need to change. Some of us, we need to change in the area of compassion. Don't say amen. <laughs> Some of us, we need to, and we need to pray for the areas we need to change in, right? We need to pray for compassion. We need to pray that we become a giver of grace. In our marriages, we need to become a giver of grace, and our spouses are the ones that we need to show the most compassion to. I think a lot of times we, throw, we show compassion to those outside our homes, outside our walls. We give grace to those outside our homes, outside our walls, but we don't, we don't give grace to those inside. And we're called to give grace. We're called to have compassion towards. So begin to pray about it, right? Begin to pray and ask for a heart of compassion. And then pray about being humble in your life. Pray about being humble in your life. Here's the crazy thing about, about humility. If you have humility, chances are you'll be less offended. Because a lot of times the things that we're offended by and our offenses, they're stemmed, from our, they're stemmed from our pride. They're stemmed from the things that we think we deserve something more than we really deserve. So pray that you become humble in your life and chances are you'll live a life above offense. Right? Pray for yourself. Pray that you'll be like-minded, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, and humble. Begin to pray that. That's one example of scriptures. There's so many other scriptures. But start with yourself and begin praying God's will for your life. And then next, Pray for them, right? Pray for your spouse. Pray for your future spouse. And don't just pray to change them, but pray for God's will in their life, right? Don't just pray what you want them to do. Don't just pray your will, but pray that they align to his will and pray that his will will be revealed to them in certain areas. Pray over their past, pray over their present, and pray over their future. When you're praying God's will for, you, for your spouse, pray over their past, their present, and their future. And here's why you pray over their spouse. See, chances are when you entered your marriage, you entered your marriage with some baggage. You brought your own baggage with you, right? There's some things that you probably regretted from your past. There's some things that you've probably done in your marriage that you regretted. And guess what? Your spouse is no different. So pray for their past, right? Pray that they're not defined by their past, but they're defined by the promises of God. Pray that their identity is not wrapped up in their mistakes, but rather that their identity is wrapped up in their creator. Romans 6.6 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we, no longer, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Truth is, you are no longer a slave to sin. Right? Your mistake doesn't define you, and understand this, it doesn't define your spouse as well. There might be mistakes in your marriages that they did, but it's not who they are. It's not who you are together. So pray about that. Pray that they're defined by God. Pray that they're defined by His will. Pray that the trials, their struggles, pray that those were learning opportunities to make them a better spouse. 
Pray that their temptations are no longer temptations, but their testimonies to how great God is. Because the truth is, God is faithful. He's faithful to you and he's faithful to them. He was faithful to them in the past and will continue to be faithful. Right? He will not let them be tempted beyond anything they can bear, but he'll provide a way out so that they can do it. Listen, that's scripture, that's the truth, and that's his will, and we need to pray it. We need to pray it over our spouse. We need to pray for their past. We need to pray for their present. Right? We need to pray for the here and now for our spouse. We need to pray for their priorities. We need to pray for, for how they're pursuing us. We need to pray for, for how they partner with us. And we need to pray for them right at this very moment. Right? Pray for their career. Pray for their passion. Pray for their calling. Pray for their parenting. Right? Pray for each situation they're facing each and every day. Right? Pray for their present and then pray for their future. Pray for your spouse. Pray that they know that they have a purpose. Pray that they know that they were created for a cause. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So I love this verse because of the truth behind it, because of the promise behind it, because of what we can be. Listen, you are a chosen people, and your spouse is a chosen people. Your spouse is a royal priesthood. Your spouse is a holy nation, God's special possession. Pray this over their future. And listen, if you're here today and your spouse doesn't know Jesus yet, begin praying this anyways, right? Because this is the perfect scripture to pray for who they could become, for who they could be, right? Pray for their future. Pray for who they're becoming. Pray for the husband or the wife they're becoming. Pray for the father or the mother they're becoming. Pray for the grandpa or grandma they're becoming, right? Pray for their future. And understand this, when you're praying God's will, you're also praying God's timing, right? And God's timing is not always easy because his timing is not ours. God's timing requires patience. So when we pray God's will, we need to understand that it requires patience. We need to understand that it requires relying on his timing each and every day, each and every situation, and in each and every relationship. It requires patience in our marriage. But pray for your spouse. And number three, pray his will for you together. Pray his will for you together. Let me give you just three quick areas of, of what God wants for your life. What God wants for your marriage. He wants love, he wants purity, and he wants communication. In your marriage, his will is for you to have love, purity, and communication. So pray for him, right? Pray for him. Pray for love in your marriage, right? Pray that you love each other each and every day. Right? Romans 12, 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Pray that this is the type of love that you experience. Pray that in your marriage that you are sincere with each other and that you hate evil. And yeah, hate's a strong word, but the truth is our marriage to be strong means that we need to despise the things that come against our marriage, that we need to despise the places where Satan tries to put it and grab a foothold to tear us apart, right? We need to hate those things and instead cling to what is good. Cling to each other. And that starts with praying for each other. That starts with praying with each other, right? Pray that you guys love each other. Pray for love together. And then pray for purity. Pray for purity together. This is a big one. This really, this could be like week five of this series. This could be a whole other vow in itself. Ephesians 5.3 says, But among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Right? These things are improper for us. If we call ourselves a follower of Christ, these things are improper for us. And they're improper for our marriages as well, because this, impurity is poison for our marriage. Impurity is poison to our marriage. 
Listen, whatever it is, whether it's pornography, whether it's romance novels, whether it's daydreaming about somebody else, whether it's lusting after somebody else, whether it's fantasizing in our heart, whether it's an emotional affair, whether it's a physical affair, whatever it is, that impurity is poison to your marriage and it will destroy it faster than anything. And understand this. It breeds in secrecy. Because secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. So in our lives, we need to pray for purity. We need to pray for purity. We need to pray for boundaries to, to be put up with each other that we can, that we can place in our lives. Right? And we need to pray that secrecy won't exist in our marriage. Understand this, though. When I say this, this is some dangerous prayers. Right? But it may just be the best prayers you ever pray for your marriage. Because the truth is, these prayers, they can lead to confession. They can lead to confession. And confession leads to freedom. Confession leads to repentance. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Again, this can be uncomfortable. Right? This may reveal some uncomfortable truths. As you pray about purity, it may reveal some uncomfortable truths, but the truth is it will, it will grow you closer to God and it will grow you closer to each other. And it will lead you to giving mercy. So pray for purity in your life. I pray together that you experience purity, mercy, so that you may prosper. And again, this comes from communication. So begin praying for communication. Begin praying for open lines of communication. Begin praying to be, to, in ways to encourage one another, to be with each other through whatever happens. Pray that you will be able to share words of affirmation. Pray that you'll be able to share words of affection. Pray that you'll be able to share time together so you communicate with respect with each other. Take the vow of prayer. Say, I promise to pray God's will for my marriage and not just mine. By praying God's will for yourself, for your spouse, and you together. If you would, take out your Connect card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today and maybe as we're talking about this love and experiencing this love, and experiencing God's will. Maybe, maybe for you, your first step to experience God's will is to experience the love of Jesus. To experience the fact that God gave his son for you. To show you what the perfect love could be. To show you what a perfect marriage could be. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, you've never made a commitment to follow him, I want to give you that opportunity. What you can do on that connect card, you can simply check mark the first box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Check mark that box and then Believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son. Believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son that so that you can be forgiven. Then accept that forgiveness and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to do something. Maybe for you, maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's time for you to stop praying your own will and start praying his will. Maybe for you, you need to start praying for yourself in some areas. Instead of trying to change your spouse, it's time for you to allow God to change you. Maybe some areas you need to pray for your spouse that you that you've been ne neglecting. Maybe there's some areas that you need to, to pray together with your spouse or to pray together for your spouse. Whatever that is, write that down and begin to live that out. There's also a place for prayer requests where we would love to partner with you in prayer. We're going to end a little bit differently. Instead of the, the ushers coming and passing the buckets, what we're going to do is we're going to have them hold the buckets at the doors so when you leave today, you can simply put that card in there. And again, we want everyone to fill out a card the Connect Card's our way just to know what you're going through. It's our way to journey with you. It's our way to track that you are here and how we can be praying with you. So make sure you fill that card. You can take this moment too to, to get any ties or offerings ready and you can drop those in the buckets after service.
But we want to end a little bit differently because we just want this to be a time where as we close this series out, maybe for you, maybe, maybe this has been a refresher for your marriage. And maybe for you, part of that refreshing portion of it is to spend some time in prayer with your spouse. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to give some time as we close in worship to, to, for you to pray with your spouse. If you're single here today and maybe for you, maybe you've been praying your own will all this time and you're just trying to, to make it happen. Instead, maybe for you, maybe you need to trust God more. We want to give you the opportunity to pray as well. So what we're doing is we're going to close with worship, but we're going to open the front up. We're going to open the front up and know that this isn't the end. This isn't the end of a sermon series. This is the beginning of implementing this in your life each and every day with your spouse. So if you would, let's stand up. And if you're here today and you just want to start by praying with your spouse, know that the front is open and we'll give you as much time to pray with your spouse as well. You can kneel down at the front chairs here. You can come up all the way to the front and just make sure, make this a time where you declare that you're fighting for your marriage with your spouse instead of fighting against your spouse. If you would, the front is open. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.